You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. For their first audiences, the stories of Jesus were not Christian stories about getting to heaven. These were stories deeply rooted in the concrete liberation hopes and realities of people, uh, the, the harsh realities that these people were facing. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery and this is episode 353. Our title this week is The Concrete Liberation Narratives of Advent, part two of three. Matthew's version of the Advent narratives begins with this note. Matthew 2 verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem. This month's recommended reading from Renewed Heart Ministries is The Liberation of Christmas, the Infancy Narratives in Social Context by Richard Horsley. And Horsley identifies the Magi in this passage as the highest ranking political and religious advisors of the Median emperor in the Persian imperial court. Their religious role was meant to maintain what was believed to be a divinely given imperial order. It was divine sanction of the king. Even their religious purpose was for political ends. And this is important to remember throughout our discussion this week. The Magi were priestly assistants to the great king of of the Persian Empire, the, the, the king of kings, who is believed to be the divine ruler on earth. And Tertullian tells us that, that the East considers the Magi almost as kings themselves. And that's again, that's from his uh, from his volume against uh, Marcion. And I'll put a reference to that in this week's Eastside. But one of their royal roles would have been to cultivate knowledge of the cosmos and cosmic events, including observing any unusual occurrence in the heavens and interpreting the divine will or order of things from those cosmic events to the king. That the Magi are, are, are in Matthew's Advent story at all is significant. It's, it's about much more than inclusion of Gentiles in salvation, salvation that the child they came to see would bring. What are the implications then of, of including the Magi here? Persia, remember, was Rome's enemy at this time, and the Magi advised the Eastern kings The Magi, therefore, represent the East in this East-West conflict between Rome and Persia. The Magi, remember, they were also present at the birth of the Persian king Cyrus, who had liberated the Jewish people in the 6th century uh, BCE. You can find uh, Cyrus in in Isaiah 45. so, so, So Matthew, including the Magi in his story about Jesus, it had both international political and religious implications for Rome. Remember, one of the purposes of Matthew's Advent narratives was to subvert the Roman imperialism subjugating the Jewish people. His story, it includes Rome's international enemies, and they, as they were for Cyrus, the Magi are present 
at this little liberator's birth, Matthew's audience would have recognized their presence as a sign that this baby was allied, therefore, with Rome's enemies. The baby's overthrow of Roman oppression would have been good news or or gospel to Rome's enemies as well. Matthew's story takes a political side, and that side is against Rome by including the Magi. Again, Matthew 2, 1 through 4, let's continue. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Three elements of this section, I think will help us understand Matthew's story more clearly. So first, we'll talk about Herod, uh, and then we'll talk about this phrase that the Magi used, King of the Jews. And then we'll talk about uh, the disturbance of uh, all Jerusalem in this passage. As we discussed last week, Herod was Rome's client king for the Jewish people. Herod economically crushed the Jewish common people, piling on the, the already oppressive Roman tax burden that people faced in this area and threatening violence from a a large, heavily armed militia if they resisted was Herod's specialty. Herod extracted heavy tributes for extensive building projects aimed to pay homage to, to Caesar, and he was intensely efficient at crushing those uprisings and rebellions against his oppressive policies. He slaughtered people extensively, and, and, and life under him, it meant exploitation and tyranny for the Jewish peasantry specifically. Herod economically bled his people and his country dry, and the peasantry cried out day and night for relief from, from their helpless and hopeless poverty. And for many, Herod was synonymous with, with Roman oppression. Many people of means within Judea and Galilee lost everything under Herod's reign. The phrase king of the Jews, too, We'll talk about that. It it, it was used in reference to Jesus in this story, but it has had a long and very harmful anti-Semitic history within Christianity, just as the term Messiah has. Originally, Jewish liberation movements used the phrase king of the Jews. Jewish people didn't at this time have a a standardized or generally held expectation of a a, a Messiah, as the term is understood by Christians today. Uh, Matter of fact, we don't find it um, in much much of the writings we have available to us today until Christianity. Messiah means, remember, the one who is anointed. And just like David was anointed by Samuel the prophet, the anointed one was anointed anointed to become king. And at the time of Matthew's story, uh, a common hope among the, the many and varied Jewish liberation movements was that a king like David of old would rise up and liberate the Jewish people from their suffering under Rome. It was simply an expression of, of the broader hope of the people to be liberated from foreign rule. And this is the only context that I believe is helpful for us to understand why the gospel's 
use the phrase king of the Jews in reference to, to Jesus and the Gospels. The, the, the community of the Gospels was yet another oppressed Jewish community hoping for concrete liberation and for the Gospels to call Jesus Messiah or king of the Jews or anointed one is simply to refer to their Jesus as a, a liberator from oppression just as every other liberation movement of this time had their king, their anointed one, or, or their liberator. We have to leave these phrases in their social context if we're to avoid Christianizing them into something that's harmful and anti-Semitic and, and, and especially uh, damaging beliefs and practices, especially the one of, of supersessionism, the belief that, that the Christian church has replaced uh, Jewish people and, and, and Judaism. And, and why might all Jerusalem have been disturbed by the, the Magi's declaration? Well, Judea, remember, this is that last part we're going to talk about. Judea was an agrarian society. And agrarian societies uh, could be headed politically and economically by a fortified city where the rulers lived. And this kind of agrarian society, it benefited and privileged the city rulers with a, a privileged, secure lifestyle with attendance and, 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 and all of the benefits uh, of being inside the city, yet it was at the expense of the peasant farm workers and farmers outside the city. The, the, the ruler typically owned even the farmland outside the city too. And that was the situation in ancient Judea. Judean society took the form of a temple state centered in Jerusalem and headed by a priestly aristocracy and their retainers, such as the, the, the scribes. To the best of our knowledge today, this priestly aristocracy was comprised of four families who were appointed to their powerful positions by Herod and therefore Rome. The priestly aristocracy was the elite and powerful who were politically tied to Herod's success. When Matthew's narrative says all Jerusalem was disturbed, I don't believe he was saying that all the Jewish population of Jerusalem that interpretation blames Jews for Jesus's later execution. All Jerusalem is more similar to what we here in the U.S. might say that all D.C. was disturbed. We wouldn't be talking about taxi drivers. We'd be talking about those in political positions of power and elected office and, and people of privilege and, and their attendants who would have much to lose from a change in the status quo. Horsley again states all Jerusalem would have been the ruling city that politically dominated and economically exploited the rest of the people. That's page 50, again, uh, of the same book. The, the elite in power because of Herod's position would have been deeply disturbed by any threat of change to Herod's situation and thus their own. So what does this have to do with us today? Well, notice that for their first audiences, the stories of Jesus were not Christian stories about getting to heaven. These were stories deeply rooted in the concrete liberation hopes and realities of people, uh, the, the harsh realities that these people were facing. 
facing. This is obvious by the fact that Matthew borrows from the original Exodus narratives at certain places in his Advent story, because just like the Exodus story, Matthew's story is about our concrete, real-world oppression in this life, here and now, and tangible. It's about tangible hopes of liberation. How do the ethics, the values, the teachings that we find in the Jesus stories guide us to impact our real world in concrete ways as agents of action? How do they inspire us to to shape our world into a safer, just, compassionate home for everyone? Are we, unlike these Advent stories, just focused on an afterlife, a post-mortem heaven, or or escaping to, to bliss beyond? Or are we, like these stories, engaging the real harm being committed against vulnerable populations and communities in our society today? How much does our following Jesus align with these stories? How aligned is our Christianity with the, the, the this life focus and, and liberation of Jesus? These stories, remember, they are political. They're rooted in the hunger of an oppressed people for social justice. They're about concrete liberation from injustice, both systemic and private, in the here and now. And and that's to be our focus as Jesus followers, too. This focus becomes even more pointed when we get to Luke's Advent narratives, and, and we'll take a look at those next week. Heart Group Application Again, we at Renewed Heart Ministries, we're continuing to ask all heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Stay virtually connected through the different means of, of accomplishing that. When you go out, remember to keep a six-foot distance between you and others. Wear a mask. Continue to wash your hands. We're thankful that a, a, a vaccine is now on the way and has been administered to some here in the U.S. and around the world, um, but uh, uh, we still have a long way to go before that reaches the the population at large. So so just be careful out there. And remember, this is a time where we can practice the resource sharing and the mutual aid uh, found in the Gospels. Make sure that others in your group have what they need, especially during this holiday season, and and prioritize protecting those who, who are most vulnerable within our group. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, this year's Christmas holiday, it's filled with harsh realities for many in the U.S. Discuss with your heart group what you can do together to mitigate some portion of that harm for someone this holiday season. Pick something from the discussion for your group to do together in this final week leading up to Christmas. And then number three, what can you do, big or small? to continue setting in motion this week the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home uh, for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. Happy holidays, and I'll see you next week. (music) 